from The Talisman by Stephen King and Peter Straub. He had been impressed and a little frightened by the contrast between seeing ballet on stage, where everyone seemed to either glide or mince effortlessly on the tips of their points, and seeing it from less than five feet away, with harsh daylight pouring in the floor-to-ceiling windows and no music, only the choreographer rhythmically clapping his hands and yelling harsh criticisms. No praise, only criticisms. Their faces ran with sweat, their leotards were wet with sweat, the room, as large and airy as it was, stank of sweat, sleek muscles trembled and fluttered on the nervous edge of exhaustion, corded tendons stood out like insulated cables, throbbing veins popped out on foreheads and necks, except for the choreographer's clapping and angry hectoring shouts, the only sounds were the thrup-thud of ballet dancers on point moving across the floor and harsh, agonized panting for breath. Jack had suddenly realized that these dancers were not just earning a living, they were killing themselves. Most of all, he remembered their expressions, all that exhausted concentration, all that pain. But transcending the pain, or at least creeping around its edges, he had seen joy. Joy was unmistakably what that look was, and it had scared Jack, because it had seemed inexplicable. This is Gothic. Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. There are interlopers in the city. Sleepers are waking who should not. Yes. What is being done about this? We have made... Preliminary investigations of the incursion and have tested the nature of the anomaly. And what are your conclusions? The interlopers are externals. We anticipated this in relativity to the appearance of the Lazarus Cain node. They appear to be primarily concerned with that node and not with the affairs of the city and therefore not likely to be of long-term danger to our operations. No. Now, however, the awakened have proven to be difficult to control via the usual methodology. They are susceptible, but very resilient, and are resistant to mist-induced amnesia and mythos-tamping. We do not know if this will change once the externals have been ejected from their respective consciousnesses. And the mythos coded as the Huntsman? Still at large, 
it has reached Avatar state, the same as the mythos coded as Riding Hood, and is therefore shielded from our usual methods of scrying. Recourse? I propose a course of action that may initially be interpreted as unorthodox. Proceed. We should let all of our current complications zero out one another. How so? Quite easily, in fact, as they have already set themselves upon the path that I offer up in proposition. Hey, everybody, and we return to you on a hot, sultry summer night in the Pacific Northwest. I guess sultry is one word for it. it. It's a word, and I used it. I used it. I'm going to say it again. Sultry. As Smoky. long as you don't say moist. Particle filled. It's a sultry, moist Humid. night here in the city. <laughs> Sticky. Humid. Sweaty. Congested. Colony? Okay, then. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Good that's our show, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us on City of It's Too Damn Hot. But because of new recording parameters, at least Jesse's able to have his small air conditioner fan on. Yay! 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 Until we are able to buy him a new one. Because of you, patrons, join our Patreon. Remember, Jesse needs a new car so that he can get to the podcast recordings on time yeah. and air conditioning. What do I need? Um, hmm, what do I need? I need a, one of those. I've got a pop protector for my microphone, but I need one of the fuzzy ones that goes around the whole thing. Yeah, I need a. I need one of those too. I need a boom arm for my microphone mm. so it's not taking I've up space on my I've been told I desk. do as well. Yeah. So that when I touch my desk, it doesn't make a sound in my microphone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my microphone, if it sat on the bare wood of my desk, it picks up the whoosh of my computer fan. Um, So uh -huh. it is sat on my nice TGP mouse pad that Patrick bought me. Mine's on a towel. Nice. <laughs> Welcome back, Sojourners, to the City of Mist RPG. We are closing in on the end of Season 4. Of the Gothic Oof. podcast. Well, we still have a few episodes left, but we have fewer to go than we have uh, going back to the beginning. And it has been quite a journey as we have all learned how to expertly play the City of Mist RPG. <laughs> yeah. If that's on your bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> unmark that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unmark that right now. Last time. We left our rifts in the penthouse office of Junichiro Hayashi in the Ivy Corp Pyramid there at the edge of City Park. It had not gone well for our Ocean's Eleven style heist as they attempted to get in and find out what was going on with the figure apparently someone named Russ Canis, that Ariel Farouche saw when she had snuck into the office earlier and had found a secret room filled with medical equipment and this fellow wrapped up in bandages. Well, as Echo tried to take out the security system, instead, 
they wound up knocking out or killing most of the people in the entire pyramid. Now, it was after hours, so there weren't many, but there were some. And Baz found one of those as he burst in through one of the thick glass windows of the penthouse, way, way up there at the top of the pyramid, the light spearing up into the darkness above. And what he found was that that victim was still alive and was also somebody that he felt an incredible connection to, a powerful primal connection to, even though he had never seen her before in his life. Esmeralda. The others soon joined, and with Ariel's help, they got the door to the medical chamber open, at which point the figure on the gurney, surrounded by equipment, beeping machines, machines that go bing, and others swaddled in cloth and with ivy uh with ivy <laughs> with ivs stuck into his arms this figure set up on its gurney looked at them with a jackal's head and said it's about time you arrived i've been waiting for you and the contemporary now characters inside each of our rift's heads realize that russ canis is at least an avatar of Lazarus Kane, and that's where we left the last episode. And so that's where we pick up now. What do you do? And when I say, what do you do? What I mean is, what do any of the six of you do? Because... Oh, Shapoopy. <laughs> because this has drawn forth to at least the verbal consciousness level your contemporary now inhabitants of your rift bodies as well. Wait, does that mean we're going to take voices in our head plus two? <laughs> if you try to fight it, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, well, Dr. Grace immediately wants to notice whether he is restrained or not to this gurney. He appears to be bandaged up, but those bandages are not keeping him attached to the gurney. The only thing that is binding him to the gurney is all of the medical equipment, IVs, uh, several of them, uh, as well as a, uh, as well as uh, monitors, those little um, stick-on ones that go on your chest and on your head and such, and mm -hmm. uh, a blood pressure cuff that's on him as well. All right. Um, so Dr. Grace wants to try and restrain this guy immediately. And I think that having recently witnessed Echo knock a bunch of people out, I want to see if I can hijack Echo's lungs and do that again and knock this guy out. Badass. Wait, what? Like, I want to, I want to use Echo to, to, to see if I can make Echo knock this guy out. I want okay, to knock so, him out. So I want to tie him up. As Dr. Grace. Yeah. Now, whether that's like a persuasion or, you know, or like trying to wrestle Echo for some kind of control of their vocal cords... But um, that's my immediate reaction. I kind of want a flashback because there might <laughs> be something that would be different for this. That's true. That's true. What do you want a flashback of? Just like one main thing where Echo like 
really buckles down and they try to focus on what they really need for this mission. And that one case, the one case in their armory that uh, they haven't opened in like forever. Finally, you see them rush back in, look at all of the other weapons around them and open that one case and pull that one item, that one sword, that crazy looking fancy scimitar and shove it into like a, a a bag and to carry with them. And that kind of plays into the to the theme book that I switched. We have that flashback and now that sword is um there in a duffel bag slung over Echo's shoulder. Now Echo, uh Dr. Grace is trying to hijack your uh, vocal cords for this. Are you going to fight that? Can I help that <laughs> is actually what I'm going for. Helping it would be just not fighting it. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. I guess I could also just urge you to do it, but that's like my immediate reaction. Would I be like, Echo has this voice and uh, it's right here and I might as well use it if I can. I'm, I'm feeling those thoughts from Dr. Grace and... Echo instinctively is like, well, let's double this up then and Mm -hmm. pulls out the sword that (laughs) as it comes into the air, gives off a humming note that just like tings off of all of the metal around. And you kind of like hear it echoing in a way, this bright, wonderful, pitchy tune, very happy, but at the same time has dark undertones. Amazing. For the non-musical episode. (laughs) <laughs> I'd like you to note, Sojourners, that Echo's relic that they have chosen for their new theme book is the Singing Sword. <laughs> oh my God, amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's make this a chorus. Oh God. <laughs> they call it witchcraft. <laughs> so at this point, I once that's pulled and I throw the suggestion at Dr. Grace, um, Echo is totally like, all right then. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> and, and giving you control. Cool, cool. This is actually going to be, you're using Echo stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be. The weirdest role. Take a risk. Time. Take a <laughs> risk. Okay. You, Sharon, can see Echo's character sheet. So. Oh, that's true. Let me page over. Do, 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 do. Hello, Echo. All right. Singing sword. Slice of mockery. That's an interesting power tag. Pay attention to the weakness tag, too, which you don't have to worry about since it is only a single target. Single target. Yeah. Not really weakness in this case. Okay. So this is take a risk. And I'm only using, am I only using singing sword or am I using other things? No, you can use other stuff, too, especially siren song. Yeah. What did you use for, what did you use for knocking all those other guys out? The deafening blast. Deafening blast. It was a uh, stop holding back, so it didn't oh, use yeah. any tags. It didn't use any tags. Well, deafening blast makes sense. I am going to say that you uh, will have the weakness tag of must tease taunt the target, which you won't be doing because Dr. Grace wouldn't think to taunt this is and true. tease the This is target. true. I, will not, I would not think to taunt or tease. But the sword would... Yeah, slice of mockery. All right, so I'm rolling take a risk with a power of two. It is a total of nine, a mild success. How's this dusty old Egyptian throwback? Does the sword talk? Is this the sword's oh, yeah. voice? Oh my god. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yes. I do love that you've used a Scottish myth for this. <laughs> Dr. Grace, you lash out with, just instinctively lash mm-hmm. out with Echo's voice. I want to, I want to like knock him out or stun him. And then we will be free to tie him up or something. I feel like I, I super duper duper don't want him to have any kind of power. So I might want to like gag him also, but primarily I want to knock him out right now. Okay. Uh, man, you know, actually this was probably hit with all you've got. Always do those wrong. So this is going to be uh, hit with all you've got. So on a seven to nine, you get to choose one from the list for hit with all you've got. Okay, cool. You get them good or get many of them. You control the collateral damage, hold the target's attention, gain the upper hand. I feel like gain the upper hand most describes what I'm trying to do. So you'll take one juice uh, there. Mm-hmm. You also get to give the target an appropriate status of your choice with a power, in this case, of two. Stunned two. <laughs> or unconscious two, I think would be better. Unconscious is going to be a, a higher number than two. Okay, stunned two, well, I'll say. And then you've got them where you want them. So with that juice, you can create a story tag of something like um, um, restraints. And then yes, okay, you can, I'm doing that. You, Dr. Grace, take over Echo's body, Echo's vocal cords, and you just scream. Because you're not, you're not good at this. The, I'm not super musical. The sword that Echo has pulled out of their bag, even as this has happened, the bag still dropping to the floor, almost brings Echo's arm up of, it, of its own volition and speaks words of mockery. Then this sound comes out. There's a frying and a sizzling as, as numerous uh, bits of machinery in the room pop and crackle and spark. And this figure, this being, whoever or whatever he is, is thrown back onto the gurney from this. And moving quickly, you rush to the side of the gurney and you see that there are restraints there that look like he might have torn them off recently enough. And you flip those back up over his arms and get the velcro relatched and then start working on the straps themselves and then we find out what baz is doing and as a side note for baz in not necessarily vocally lj is just reaching for something that acts that he craves and is ready to just kind of like defend everybody else just throw himself into the fray. LJ is totally like, where's my axe? Gonna go to town. So I'm torn. I think Baz might be, uh, you know, too distracted to fight very hard against the reaching for the axe. But as far as the next action goes, probably pretty focused on what's right in front of him. But Sloshy feels, (laughs) is, is in his feelings. He feels a certain kind of way about what needs to happen next. Uh, so, I mean, as far as, as what anybody's doing, I think between the two of them, Sloshy has the, the clearest vision and absolutely wants to uh, wants to take the wheel and go wreak some havoc on Mr. Kane. Oh, that's interesting, because I think Cadence wanted to not do that. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> this is great. I love it. <laughs> if I feel like Sloshy is going to try and do some kind of physical harm to to this guy, I feel like Cadence wouldn't be okay with that. Because as far as Cadence were, was concerned, we were kind of all on board with like essentially stealing this guy from under the nose of Hayashi and she doesn't necessarily understand like why we're all reacting so badly. <laughs> Although I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so you are going to as Slashi, you want to take control and do bodily harm. Yeah. Cadence, mm-hmm. you are somewhat opposed to that. Yeah. Cadence wants information from him. Act under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Slashy. <laughs> Act under pressure. That is cool. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> He's not good at that. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think. No, I did some stuff to mitigate my lack of cool, but not anything about that. Okay. <laughs> so acting under pressure. That is that is a total of five. <laughs> ah, right. Well, uh, that's not good. As you try to take control of cadence's body instead sloshy what you encounter is cadence's mythos oh jesus (laughs) and you aren't seeing out of cadence's eyes anymore you are on a moor almost but there's these scraggly dead trees rising up out of this kind of swampy moory marshland bog perhaps it's a bog and there is a haze of ground fog and there is this being in front of you and it it, wearing these old-fashioned clothes uh these long leathers and this high collar uh one of those things with the big flaps that goes over the shoulders and behind this figure is rearing a nightmare a a nightmare nightmare a horse that has glowing red eyes and uh, fiery hooves and this being in front of you has no head and yet it seems to speak to you from all around what would your mythos say to sloshy and what is sloshy we see this as a as the audience in sort of third person here what is uh sloshy's form here in this other space so sloshy's form would be uh hard to pin down i think sloshy would first appear as an older man with a salt and pepper kind of fu manchu mustache and a big cowboy hat. <laughs> That's how I imagine Ron Kraust. <laughs> he would appear as a, a menacing, like kind of glistening monster with jaws that unhinge. Slashy would appear as a, a, just a, a a range of of things from one one moment that you looked away and looked back to the next. And what does your mythos say, Cadence? You are not welcome here well i'm not welcome many places and that's understandable but i have got to do some serious harm to this man i uh i see that the voice coming out of the unhinged jawed monster (laughs) (laughs) now i recommend you get out of my way i'm picturing a large jawed monster with a a stetson 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, definitely still the hat. <laughs> Except now it's uh, Jacob Candle's hat. <laughs> we'll come back to this. Over at Echo and Dr. Grace, Echo's siren song has just gone off, powered by Dr. Grace, and thrown back Russ Canis. Uh, and then Caden slept forward and has... Uh, uh, Echo, have you ever hit a high C before? <laughs> restrained Canis or Lazarus Kane. And so that's happened. Baz, you have your own conflict going on. Uh, you are focused on this woman unconscious in front of you, breathing shallowly. But LJ's also trying to make something happen, trying to go for the act, trying to also go for who he knows is Lazarus Kane. And so there is, I'm guessing, a definite conflict there. And if so, then LJ, same thing for you. You're going to have to roll Act Under Pressure. Flipping playbooks. All right. I'm... Pulling out my bone dice for this one. <laughs> my bone does always do me dirty on airs. <laughs> okay. That's seven plus one. I do eight total. You then have a choice. Um, you are going to be able to take control of Baz Baz's body, at least momentarily. But it's going to come at a cost. You are going to either have to spend one luck in order to make it happen, or you are going to be able to do this, but you also know that if you do, this girl may not make it. She might need immediate medical attention, like immediate, immediate medical attention. Or you're going to be able to do this, get the axe out, and and head for the the door into the medical room where Lazarus Kane is now being restrained on a a gurney. But I need one more good one. Hold on. <laughs> but you're only going to be able to get one good swing in before you completely lose control here and fade back into the lower consciousness of Baz. I mean, LJ is totally about like saving the ones that they love. So I kind of think just a cheap swipe. Option number three, cheap swipe so that Baz can focus his attention on the, the one that they care about. Baz leaps up from the, the girl, uh, obviously straining veins in his forehead popping out and grabs up that axe that has been being carried around in all of these various uh, circumstances recently and heads for the medical room door. Ariel, you have seen all this happen. You opened the door and then suddenly there was this whirlwind of activity, this whirlwind of action. A a terrible screech (laughs) came from, (laughs) from Echo and Echo also let a duffel bag drop and is now holding a sword that's insulting people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! That was the sword. 
does it look like Frank Sinatra by any chance? <laughs> it's Sorry. just shaped. It's shaped like a large middle finger. <laughs> and and Baz is running this direction with an axe over his head, going ah. I think that Ariel would be assessing this on a certain level, but as soon as the figure on the bed um, revealed himself to the group by those words that he spoke, that Haven would recognize Lazarus Cain right away and rise to the surface. And that Ariel, having recently felt Haven and having some cognitive understanding of this whole mythos process, would allow that. Uh, because she understands that there's something going on here that's more than just solving, uh, investigating, and doing detective work in the City of Mist. So she's going to allow Haven to, to take the wheel. Haven, take the wheel. Haven has no particular love for Lazarus Kane, so she's not going to stop Baz or... How many people is Baz at the moment? <laughs> Sloshy, he's LJ. No, I, Baz is I LJ. Sloshy okay. is in Cadence's head. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Echo actually has Dr. Grace in there. Yeah, head. Echo has Grace. I think I'm on board with the not killing him until we understand how the gate world works and all of that. I'm going to roll into Baz. To try and trip him. I like roll like on the ground, roll and legs. <laughs> Am I doing I'm doing that with the with the Haven rules from from Monster of the Week? No. So the way that we've been doing it with the others is that uh, Haven has control of Ariel's body and therefore it's using Ariel's using Ariel's stuff. Okay. Well I definitely want to want to use graceful agility. And I'm thinking reckless from my logos theme, going straight for the biggest threat. Um, I don't know that really anything else applies. Heavy duty. I've got big stick. I carry a big stick. Packs a punch. Yeah. Do you talk softly? Yes, I talk softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> okay, so I think that applies. It's you know, it, uh, it essentially is the same thing as packs a punch. Uh, so those three, 2d6. Four plus three is seven. You are taking a risk here. Sure, why not? And on a seven to nine, things get messy. So you take over Ariel's body, um, who is really quite dexterous and <laughs> uh, rolls a little bit faster than you might have expected. Baz trips, but the axe goes still straight toward the Anubis figure, but buries itself right next to him into a machine that starts fizzing <laughs> out all sorts of sparks. You succeeded in uh, what you were trying to do, which was deflecting the blow, but uh, you have also fried the electricity in the room and the lights go out. Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> Only a few machines are still are still pinging and beeping, ping, beep, ping, beep, and and have lights on them. Uh, there's the spark and a couple of flames coming up from some of the machinery that had just been hit by by Echo's uh, siren song, and the only light in this room is coming from 
now what is the emergency lighting out in the main room? I'd just like to kind of um, rise back up as Ariel for a minute and say, uh, we need to get out of here quickly. Things continue to go very well for this heist. Yeah, we, we have such different agendas. <laughs> Cadence, inside your head, there are two wolves. <laughs> <laughs> One speaks with a Texas accent. <laughs> One speaks with a Texas accent. And then the other is actually uh, a headless person. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the rough, I think it's actually a whisper. You are not welcome here. And then um, the headless person starts um, striding towards you, Sloshy, and reaches to the side where you might perhaps expect a sword, but instead pulls out their own head, which is just like horribly alive with one of those two wide grins and is just like bearing down on you and hissing, go back to the shadows. Sloshy would probably detach... His own head. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> what the? What? <laughs> and say, <laughs> I can do that too. Now, now let me at him. Oh he enslaved my people. <laughs> Go ahead and act under pressure, Sloshy. Advanced roller to the sixes minus one. Can I go for manipulate instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, you could spend a luck point to get an automatic success. Wait, can I? Yeah. He's he's doing that then. Hmm. Oh. Cadence, there is a, a great roaring in your head. I sense a disturbance in the force. You are not in control of your body, despite <laughs> the, your desire to be sloshy. What do you do? with the body that now you you took your own head off and when you said enslave my people and and to sort of thrust the head at at the other head uh it all became mist (laughs) and now you're able to see out of cadence's eyes again presumably mythos cadence was like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i didn't expect this No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> oh my god, I should have been the mythos of the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> okay. Can Sloshy's uh, shape-shifting powers translate to this universe? Very important question, Mr. MC. That would be so cool. Holy shit. With a successful act under pressure. Yes. <laughs> act under physical corporeal form. I mean, can can I argue for weird? Because it does seem more magical than just like, <laughs> oh, I gotta be cool. <laughs> weird would be good, though. Act under weirdness. So, uh, yeah, so uh, do act under pressure, but use weird in this particular case. That's a 14. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Can you please pull off Cadence's head? That would be so cool. <laughs> Like in Labyrinth. <laughs> with a oh <laughs> what do you do? Holy shit. Oh my god. There, There is the temptation to like <laughs> just slurp off the head and chuck it at him. But I mean. What we the audience see is one of those um, shots that goes inside the cellular system of a body. We see different neural pathways opening up. We see the cells themselves take on different forms as Sloshy's somehow essence 
begins to permeate throughout cadence. And what's visible now is sort of like a, a twisted, elongated, enlarged, uh, extra toothy Irish wolfhound. Hell yes. <laughs> the I mean, just like the the drool. If if this was your pet, you'd have to rehome it to somewhere with a with an acre or two because <laughs> the drool alone would would get rid of your house. Uh, and he's just gonna pounce on the uh, hopefully still immobilized cane. You do so. You are you are hit with all you've got because they are at your. Uh, you have a clear shot here. So we're switching over to the city of mist rather than yeah uh, oh, sloshy. Yeah. Are you going to use my character sheet now? I guess. Oh my god. Oh man, <laughs> this uh, the the streams the streams. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got Cadence's sheet open. Not, not a big fighter. I don't know if Cadence is going to help you, actually. No. <laughs> I mean, can I use crew themes? Please use fight song. Yeah, so that's cool. that's going to be it's it. Just a howl. He's going to be howling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Death nail. And fight song. And then I will give you a another plus one for the shape changey sloshiness of the whole thing. Okay. Because <laughs> it's dope. For teeth and fangs. I think I did it. Dang. That is a 12. Um, 12 with a power <laughs> of three. How, how are we rolling so well with each other's character sheets, but we can't right. do it on our own character <laughs> sheets? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so you get to give them a status with a peer of uh, three, and you get to choose two from the list. Keep in mind, if you don't choose it, then it can come back and haunt you. Right. If I get him good, then that's a a tier four status. Oh, my God. Pretty substantial. That's intense. Yeah. Sloshy just wants to do everything he possibly can to get rid of this schmuck. Uh, I mean, he hates Lazarus Kane with every fiber <laughs> of his being. So he's going to take the get him good and inflict a tier four status and gain the upper hand to take one juice so that he can inflict some additional fuckery in the future. You wish to inflict that now? <laughs> uh, no, I kind of want to hold it in reserve uh, so that, you know, so that whatever happens next is something Sloshy can influence in some way, especially if it's something he doesn't want to happen. Holding on to your juice. Yeah, uh, the juice is not loose. Okay, so then uh, the, the this grotesque wolfhound is just going to pounce on the immobilized cane and take him by the throat and start shaking. And, you know, there's there's going to be blood and <laughs> just splatter on the walls and, and just this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's doing his best. Wait, was Sloshy one of the hellhounds in the first season? Oh, God. No, I don't think so, but that'd be great. Maybe he wasn't before now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Blood is spraying Anubis, Lazarus Kane, Russ Canis. In the intermittent flicker of the dying lights. <laughs> is nearly, nearly dead. Sudden, shockingly sudden violence from Cadence, who has turned into this wolf thing. but. You do. You see this in the flickering lights of the sparking machinery of the uh, red 
emergency lights out in the main office of the flickering lights on the machines. And with his last breaths, Kane says, just loud enough for those who are very close by to hear. So, Cadence. You fools. I could have told you much. You're almost too late. He's taking the girl to the forest. It's on the duck path. The duck path? Cadence takes back over. Did you say the duck path? <laughs> the duck path? Where's that? <laughs> what the fuck does he mean, the duck path? What is he talking about? I don't got I don't get the duck path. <laughs> is tier four enough to, to off the guy? Uh added to what he already had, yes. Wow. He said duck path. He did say duck path. Yes. Did he waddle away? What does that mean? <laughs> hmm. He's, he's, we have to find somebody, presumably Hayashi, on the duck path. Is, does someone have a mythos of being pecked to death by ducks? <laughs> like, what? I think we need to head for the library. Yeah, maybe, the I guess. Is. Or our big map, maybe. Oh, God. Really concerned. I'm so concerned. On what the status of Anubis is at this point. So if, if Lazarus Kane has <laughs> literally just expired... Uh, and Sloshy is still in charge, then he's going to like melt back into Cadence's form and just be sobbing on top of this dead body. An absolute in Cadence form still, like just gore all the way yeah, down the yes. front, all <laughs> right. on the bottom half of Cadence's face, just absolute sloppy blood everywhere. For sure. Ariel is going to chime in here and say, duck path but there is a duck pond in the city park here uh did, did, did he mean duck pond good grief this is so confused is baz back or is lj still driving the baz mobile i mean lj never <laughs> fully took control it was only going to be long enough because of the choices that lj made uh, only going to be long enough to make the one attack and then he was going to give control back to baz that was the main focus of lj was just like you know what? Take the swipe, but save the dame. <laughs> <laughs> well, this noir. Is there anything Baz can roll? Because he kind of roams the streets at night and does a lot of what is this conspiracy up to? So he knows the territory pretty well. Is there oh, anything yeah, I yeah. could or ought to roll uh, to know about a duck path? I know the path that the ducks take when they're leaving the pond. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretended to be a duck once to, to get away. I follow the little baby ducklings. They're so cute every spring. This is very noir of me. I'm just going to sit here and drink. <laughs> <laughs> She's like safe in the knowledge that I'm cutting all this out. <laughs> I ate a duck once. It was really good. Okay. <laughs> so, Baz, you, you know the city fairly well. Baz busts out a big magnifying glass and goes looking for the duck. <laughs> the city park does indeed have a fairly popular duck pond in it, in the center of it. There's several ponds, actually, in City Park, uh, but the uh, the duck pond is in, in the middle. It's not the biggest of the ponds, but it's always very calm, mirror-like surface. Uh, it's got uh, weaving willows uh, beside it. Now, you've been there at night, so you've been there when the lovers and the drug dealers are out, when the heady scent 
of the night blooming flowers is thick in the air. Uh, but you know that there are a family of ducks there that people feed <laughs> and have named and that show up in the you know newspaper occasionally, not because of crime, not because of duck crime. <laughs> This is like the only good news that this city gets. It's the only okay. good news the city gets is, <laughs> is the ducks. Echo is a big fan of Owl, which he calls the albino duck that hangs around. <laughs> the one albino duck out of all of them. Echo's a big fan. Cadence's favorite duck is the current uh, matriarch, whose name is Ethel. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so uh, Baz will kind of peel himself off the wall, where I assume he sort of staggered after the the tripping attempt, and say he he must mean the the duck pond. Uh, it's it's in the park, but he's going to be sort of preoccupied while he does this because he's going to be rushing back over to uh, the uh, still maybe form uh, of the person he was so interested in a minute ago. He is still breathing. Big sigh of relief on Baz's part. Doc didn't really take over Echo, but I think that she wants to encourage Echo gently to... You totally took over Echo. Echo was on board. It was consensual. <laughs> it was totally consensual. Okay, I'll put Echo's hand on uh, on the absolutely, apparently inconsolable Cadence slash Sloshy. And, uh, wow, that's a weird thing to say. And... <laughs> And because uh, uh, <clears throat> would I have been close enough or would Echo have been close enough to hear what he said? Yes. We have to go just like hand on shoulder. Grace isn't great at reassuring, but she knows that hand on sh- shoulder is a thing that happens in reassuring. So she awkwardly pats <laughs> Sloshy a couple of times and just says again, we have to go. And Ariel will reinforce this uh, that having been what she's been wanting to do from the get go. Um, <laughs> yes, we need to hurry. We'll be discovered soon. Get what you need to get and follow me. The unfortunate thing is that what we needed to get has expired. Ariel's going to be a bit frosty at this point <laughs> and, be, and be like, yes, you have destroyed my my lead asset and uh, now I will have to start from scratch. So I will uh, part ways with you now and get back to work. <laughs> But first, we must get out of this building. Daring escape. Go. Echo at the same time, still kind of fighting the Dr. Grace. is like, this can't be right. Just kind of staring at uh, the body of Russ Canis, whoever he may be to these other people in their heads, understanding a little bit of a fight that they have going on. And it's like, what does this really mean to us in this world? We're totally missing something here. Echo, your scarab rings. What? Who's calling on the scarab? Hey, hey, Echo. Hey, are, are you there? Does this thing on? Um, Andy. Yeah, it's me, Andy. Yeah, hey. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I know you guys wanted me to get safe, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure I saw some of them, um, you know, um, I saw some people on motorcycles, and so I got kind of scared. So, uh, I, I, but I just wanted you to know I'm totally safe. I've gone to the my favorite place in the whole wide city, uh, the Duck Pond. Um, oh and, my uh, god! In uh, in City Park, so don't worry Andy. about me. You guys just do what you got to do. Just don't worry about me at all. Uh, I'm. It's night, and I I think there's some drug dealers over there. Um, I. Uh, or are they duck dealers? I. Uh, anyway. Uh, right. 
So, um, bye. Instantly, <laughs> Echo snaps out of anything that Dr. Grace was there and been like, we gotta, like, totally get to the duck pond now. Trying to push as much of Dr. Grace as Echo can out of their head. I, g- I go. You go willingly? Yeah, no, I mean, Dr. Grace is in full agreement. Um, Echo okay. knows, knows their own body better than Dr. Grace does, and so Echo's probably going to be better at running. Depending on how many soups up you have on your wheelchair, you could pretty, <laughs> you could probably beat Echo there. <laughs> as you exit the Ivy Corp pyramid, uh, there are a large number of emergency vehicles outside triggered by a wide variety of alarms that went off in the Many pyramid. and interesting alarms. <laughs> when Echo killed everybody. There are ambulances and police cars, uh, but it seems a very chaotic scene out there. And um, as long as somebody makes a uh, solid sneak around roll. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I want to do it. Oh, I don't have roads on the other side right now. I burned it. As has the sneaking thing down. Yeah, Baz does. That's true. I've also, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, casing the joint for a nice long time and working there as an employee, so I probably know my way around. Better yet, Echo is going to burn <laughs> Echo of my voice oh. for an automatic success to there we be, go. Uh, to do a totally like, these aren't the droids you're looking for kind of thing. <laughs> Where it's like, we are not the focus of your search. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I do that? Absolutely. But you've been using it so much, your your voice or Dr. Grace has been using it, and so powerfully that even though this isn't something you haven't done before, you do it to enough people here and it strains you just enough echo that you know, I mean, you're essentially at siren song laryngitis at the moment. Hyper laryngitis. It isn't. Difficult to evade all of these. Baz, do you want to? You're you have a charge. Do you want to keep her over your shoulder? Or I was gonna do a bit where I entreated Doctor Grace to do something. <laughs> I mean, you could ask Echo, but you know, <laughs> I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have any equipment. Yeah, but Baz doesn't know that. So, I mean, if if Echo's moving. He would uh, kind of reach out and clutch at their arm, and you know, and and say, "Doctor Grace, are are you in there? I need you to help her." At the moment, it's just me, Baz. Can can anybody help her? Maybe once we get out of here, there's like a crap ton of paramedics around the building. Maybe one of them. That that's a good point. Can, can Baz tell if 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 Esmeralda is about to expire, or I mean, it's been a little bit, and they're still breathing, so. She needs uh, medical attention, but she's probably not immediately for death's door. Uh, Baz will not be sneaking then. He will pick up Esmeralda and go out the front and hand her to a paramedic. With hand-waving going on all around. Yeah, this helps uh, the not, not the droids move, I assume. As the rest uh, slip away. On cartoon tiptoes. Oh, goodness. Uh, well, well, yes, we'll, we'll get this one taken, uh, taken care of immediately. Are there more inside? There, there are more inside, but you take care of her. Um, um, of course, of course. And they start working on her, but they also, you know, one of their you know, team goes. There's several, several emergency personnel around of a variety of different kinds. You, you feel pretty good about it. Okay. Baz can go on. The 
City Park is right behind the pyramid. And uh, do you rejoin them, Baz, or do you? Back with them. And you all make your way um, through the somewhat labyrinthine paths of City Park until you get to a sign that says Duck Pond. And you see the Duck Pond, the willows um, around it. Uh, You see Andy Iaz on a park bench sitting there. He stands up when he sees you and he says, "Uh, no, no, you you didn't need to come here. I'm fine. Uh, You didn't need to come here at all. Uh, I was just uh, about I think the the ducks, uh, they like to go from here to over here. So I was going to, you know, just wait. And I don't know, do ducks sleep? I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe they sleep. Maybe they don't. Andy. I hate to tell you, but this is exactly where we need to be. Yes, it is, says another voice. And you see a tall man flanked by a another Swedish, Norwegian-looking guy that um, Ariel has seen before. How many How many more Nordic countries can we offend before the end of this season? We, we have our one <laughs> listener from Finland. Hey, one listener from Finland. Hello. We're sorry. <laughs> We're so sorry. We love you. We are. We really do. Keep listening. Thank you. And on the other side, by Shirley Not, uh, who is looking a little confused, and he says, "I finally gave up. I I brought her here, knowing that if anything was going to happen, she could make it so. And so it has come to pass." And she looks at him and goes, "Junie, what?" Uh, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, I thought we were just out for a, a guys. What are you guys doing here? Then Andy says, "Oh yeah, I I see it. It's it's right there." Then you can all see it: a path of yellow bricks <laughs> leading into the woods that weren't there before, between this arching of trees and where the sign had said Duck Pond. Now it says. Welcome to the Singing Forest. Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. Into the woods, it's time to go. (laughs) And so next time on the musical episode of the Gothic podcast. After the musical episode. (laughs) We'll find out what happens. Oh, God. Now that all these things have come together. (laughs) What a ride. Oh, my God. What the hell? The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor, LLC. Starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if I should attempt an, uh, a voice or not. You shouldn't have come here. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> in the bog, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like club, 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 club. <laughs> oh, that's right. You mixed them around. Okay, sorry. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, I love it. It's fun. I was gonna say sadist. You know what? I loved taking on the Doctor Grace like aspects. That's amazing. Yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> Nineteen. What? Wait, Don't... what? That no, should no. not be possible. Oh, you rolled a d twenty. I'm rolling a d twenty. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I just want to no, hold on. I just want to throw out this this one thing. The guy you were supposed to fight. You talked to for three episodes. <laughs> the guy you're supposed to talk to, you killed in 32 seconds. Listen, man, I tried with two different characters. <laughs> I just had to put that out there. <laughs>